You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and I'm your host, Trisha Schinkel. I am a CBT certified emotional wellness coach. I'm here to help you along your awakening journey. I help you quiet your mind, connect to your intuition, and remember your life's purpose. To learn how I can help you, please visit www.innerbuddha.ca and click on the Awakening Life Coaching tab at the top of the page. You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneurs Podcast, and this is episode 45. Today's episode, I'm excited to bring you stories of awakening from around the world in a two-part series. <laughs> Part one today, you'll be hearing awakening stories from Lori, Donna, and Julia. So let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy Friday. I hope everyone's had a good week. I know it may not even seem like Friday, you know, all of our days of the week kind of just melted together. So, um, but it is Friday and I'm looking forward to the weekend with my family. And I hope that you guys have something good planned and getting out in the sunshine now that it's starting to get nicer out, you know. So today I am excited to bring to you guys awakening stories from around the world. So a couple of weeks ago, I put out a post on social media looking for anyone that had awakening experiences that they would like to share. And I had three amazing women jump on board right away. And then I had three more come on right away as well. So I had to do it in a two-part series to fit everybody in. (laughs) So What I really wanted to know was that what was the awakening story for them, you know, and kind of see what did they go through to get to where they are now and what are they doing now, you know, Um, and everyone is different. Everyone kind of goes through their own way through awakening and coming to a realization that there's a more to life than just what you see in front of you, you know. And that's the magical part. So I know for me, my awakening kind of took a couple years to kind of go over. There wasn't that one, just that one moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so enlightened. I'm so awakened. You know, there it, it was kind of like a gradual thing. So I wanted to know how other people experienced awakening. So I gathered stories and I'm going to share them with you here today. Um, on the post, actually, I wanted to share... Um, one post that I had a comment on, it was kind of explaining her view of awakening. And I really wanted to share it with you because it was really like bang on. So she said, I like to think of awakening as remembering or confirming who you always were. It's like this confirmation of what you always knew deep down and you always knew that it was to be true about you. Truly awakened people never fit in from the beginning. That right there, that explanation, it just, for me, it just, I clicked with that because I know I never really fit in with anything right from the beginning. I tried and it just didn't work, right? It just felt awkward and unnatural. So I collected these stories for you guys for the past couple weeks and I really want to share them with you today. So before we get into that, I just want to go through um, the, on the post as well, I had so many good comments, so many good things. And one thing was, 
Um, somebody shared with me a post with the spiritual awakening stages. So I want to go through these stages with you and then see if you can identify these stages in with the stories that we're going to hear over the next two weeks. So today is going to be the first three and then next week I'll, um, I'm going to be releasing the next three. So the stages of awakening. So stage one, you begin by feeling unhappiness and emptiness. Stage two, perceptions shift. Stage three, you start seeking answers and meanings to things. Stage four, you find those answers and experience breakthroughs. Stage five, you got disillusionment because you're feeling lost with this. Then stage six, the deeper inner work. And then finally, stage seven, which is integration, expansion, and joy. So that's a pretty spot on as to what I've experienced with spiritual awakening. So um, I noticed, of course, that at the beginning, we're always pushed into our darkest parts, right? But we're always bouncing back. We bounce back and forth between highs and lows. And we get these glimpses of complete clarity and enlightenment. And then we just that kind of pushes us to keep going because we want to go back to that spot, right? So I've learned that becoming the objective observer and disconnecting from your ego, of course, and your emotions is when you can really sit in the silence and the gaps between all the craziness. And then you get those glimpses of complete clarity again. And then you become more and more, they, those glimpses actually become more and more frequent the longer and, and longer in length, right? So um, it's really that connection of oneness that I find that's really powerful. And it may be brief here and there, but eventually it kind of, you know, it's that internal guide. You you just kind of, you have to go through it and experience it. And then when you come out on the other side, things just kind of make sense, right? So I just really want to share these stories with you today. And I'm just going to go right into it because with those stages, those seven stages of spiritual awakening, you're going to notice in each story how they've come to their realizations and with things that they've gone through. So I'm going to get you right into it. And let's start with the first interval, shall we? Okay. Welcome, everybody. And I would like to bring on our first guest for this whole series. I would like to welcome Lori. Welcome, Lori. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Tricia, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, no, I, you know what, I feel it's going to be a really great story to kind of put together with everybody's little bits here and there in it, right? Oh, boy. oh yeah, because they're all so different. So yeah, 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 it will be, it'll be a cool collection, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the whole point, right? So I really wanted to take a look at your perspective of your own spiritual awakening. But first, before we get into the details of it, I find that everyone's uh, definition of awakening is different because mm -hmm. everyone has different lives and different perspectives. So I wanted to hear from you. What is your definition of awakening? Okay. Uh, it took me a long time to even just grasp the word that that's what was happening. But to me, an awakening is waking up 
at the soul level and 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 being willing to to shed to release uh all these human things that we've gathered on and we hold on to and we attach ourselves to and uh and and when you do that you you start seeing your own light and 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 how it can shine and how it can help others to shine their light and and get rid of that the muck the sludge i call it that that we tend to want to grab onto and hold on to yeah oh for sure yeah and that's a beautiful thing is realizing that you don't need it anymore right exactly <laughs> we've been carrying this bag of rocks around for years and lifetimes and we're like what's the point right why am i doing this yeah yeah and so it is it's very um enlightening i you know yeah. best word i guess yeah absolutely so that going into that then what really happened that made you realize that you yourself have awoken Okay. And the have, gosh, mine came in stages, Trisha. It was very, it wasn't, I don't know. I think it began happening to me the initial, a long time before I even realized what was happening. Um, uh, I went through an instance where, and this was, and I can't even place to where it was, but it was before it all started happening. And, uh, I was, I was, we lived about 20 miles out of our metropolis in Montana, which isn't a, a big metropolis, but, and I was headed into town and um, uh, I was going to pass a car and I started creeping into the pass lane and all of a sudden a voice popped up in my head and said, get back where you were. And I was like, I looked, I get you, I, I just got chills. It's, it's, Me I, too, yeah. <laughs> I looked, I even, I, I looked in the other seat to see, I was like, what the hell was that? And so, and then I was like, oh, pff, you're just telling yourself that Lori, you're just whatever. And so, but I did, I creeped back into the drive lane and sat there for about five seconds. I'm like, screw this. I want to pass this. I hate getting stuck behind cars on the interstate and I want to get by. I know I'm safe. And so I start creeping out into that passing lane again. And this voice yells at me, get back where you were. And I was like, Oh my, okay, well, maybe I better pay attention. I get back in the drive lane. I wasn't in the drive lane two seconds and a vehicle traveling the other way come rolling over the con over the median. There's a concrete barrier. It came rolling over and it landed right in the no path on the roof. I, like I said, I, I, I was just like, I didn't start shaking or anything, but I, I kept, I drove. I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I drove. And then I got to the off ramp that I had to get off and I pulled over and I just started shaking and crying. I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? And, and then I put it in the back of my head. I didn't, I, it was too much for me to wrap my brain around at that time. But later when I, and, and it's not a story I've shared because when you hear voices in your head, people, you know, are kind of like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so, uh, but I'm very, I'm like, why, why did that voice save me that day? Why there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason because people die in car wrecks every day. Don't have a clue. It's going to happen. And, right. and so it, I realize there's more, 
to this whole thing that we are in um, than, than what we see with our right. eyes or our five senses. And so that was my first one. And then I think when my shell finally cracked, we went through a thing with my son and it was just a dream of his died and it had become my dream at the same time. And uh, anyway, and oh, I was taking him up to the airport. It was blizzarding. And I looked at him and I said, maybe it's a test. And he said, he looked at me, he said, mother, a test implies pass or fail. I can't fail in my God's eyes. My head spun around on my <laughs> neck. I became speechless. I was just like, and I think that's when my dark night started. And I went yeah. and, and so, and it, so that's when I think that everything just kind of started, couldn't put a name on it, but I knew something was happening to me. Something was there. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, it, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's, you know, and that doesn't happen to everybody, but you might have things like that happen. I mean, and, and mm -hmm. it, it's trying to wrap that intellectual brain around it. It's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really in retrospect, you look back and you see that, you know, those moments you kind of find purpose to it. Right. Exactly. It happened for a reason. Yep. Yeah, yep, but it's, exactly. it's never in the moment, obviously. It's only in oh, retrospect. No, no, no. It's, you've got to, I really, do, I think it's, you, it's got to be processed. You've got to, you know, it's, it's when you start, integrate. Yeah, when you start going in is when you start kind of figuring out why. Yeah, so. so that's what kind of sent you into it, like a darkness, and then oh, you found. Oh, I yeah. even, we moved into a house, and it was even a dark house. It was, but hmm. you know, and even my husband, he's. Yeah, he said at that time, he's like, he worried that I didn't love him anymore because I was isolating myself yeah. so much. And I just, and I had never liked being alone, but it was like I craved it. And oh, and my mind was just like this yeah. every single time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that was into my dark night. And last so Go ahead. Sorry, um, but what do you think it is that helped you get out of that dark place? Um, I think it was because I, I started looking at the spiritual side of things. I, I really, I started, oh my gosh, the books I've collected over the year, over these last eight years. <laughs> and they're books that I never would have looked at before. I mean, but uh, the first, The Power of Now, I grabbed. Oh my God. That was win. my first book too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, and, and it just, it was, and it's funny when I read it, I could only read I could only read little snips of it and then I would have to put it down. So I love the way that he tells you, set this down for a bit in between. Yeah. And so I did. And what's funny is, and maybe you try, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to share this with people, right? And yes, so you have so to you're like, <laughs> what in the world is <laughs> my mom's like, I didn't understand it a bit. And I'm like, it's okay, mom, just give me back my book. <laughs> you're not ready to. Yeah. And, and that was it. And but at that time it was more like what do you, why can't you grasp it? Why? I, I don't understand why right. you can't. And, and uh, you do. I, exactly. And so I just assumed everybody else could, but that wasn't the case. And so that's, and I think that's a man I just, and that was it. I attuned, got attuned to Reiki to work on natural healing. Um, I was uh, diagnosed with fibromyalgia too. And so mm. I was on pharmaceuticals for about a year and 
I went into the doctor for my year checkup, things weren't working. Oh, let's up those dosages. And so, and then gave me another pill and, and it was gabapentin. And I remember it, I took that pill. I proceeded to lay down on my couch and not move all day because I felt like I was going to crawl out of my skin. I'm like, can't do this one no more. I, I got to find a different way to manage my fibromyalgia. And so for eight years now, no pharma, I, I manage it. I, I just, I figured out a way. And so I, you those, it through Reiki? that is what you, and what's funny is I practiced Reiki for about two years and then I kind of let it go by the wayside. When you start finding, cause I've looked at, oh, energy medicine, Qigong, I mean, every single thing they, I've run the gamut. And so Reiki, I kind of stepped away from, but just within the last two weeks I've started doing my self treatments and oh have noticed a huge difference. I am really yeah, I'm really glad that I've started doing it again. Um and so yeah, I that's that's one of the things I, I wish I could teach is how to manage pain without big pharma and it's uh I have all oh you see the ideas that run through oh, my head. I can feel it already. So obviously your life has changed significantly oh. from those awakening times, from those dark, dark times to now. Yes. Yeah. And how how do you notice the differences from before to now? Oh, oh um I spent my whole life pretty much being afraid and being in anxiety. I, I, I truly contribute my fibro to my, I, to the idea that I could not deal with that energy besides being an empath, which never, which always throws a totally different <laughs> dynamic into it. Um, and so, but now I experience an inner peace that supersedes everything throughout this whole COVID-19 thing. I've been able to sit in a place of love and not fear. And for me, that is just, I, I'm surprised. I, I, I'm amazed at it because it's, it's, uh, and granted, I have to keep my, I, I, can't, I don't watch the news. That's one thing I stay away from. I do kind of watch the numbers a little bit, but I just have a site that I go and look at. Um, but I, and, and I've spent a lot of time quieting, other people's fears that and, you know that that wonderful voice that saved my life that day it now speaks to me on a regular basis yes and it, in tuned with it yes and it tells me that it's what was needed at this time and we all just need to you know just stop doing and let's be for a while just yeah be and my husband last night we got into not an argument but we were talking about things he's like well you gotta always be doing something even the even the buddhist monks are doing something i said no they're not they're being he's like oh okay <laughs> you'll get there you'll get there oh yeah it's it's taken him a little bit he goes from i want to be wild and crazy to i want to go be with the buddhist i'm like you poor, <laughs> i just feel this 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 Hilarity. Yeah. Oh, I said, Oh, you poor soul. I said, I just, I feel for him. And, and so it is this, this inner peace is just, Oh my goodness. If I just wish everybody could feel it. I really do. Cause it's just such a, such an amazing, I don't know. You go through life never thinking you can feel it. And, and then it's boom, like, it hits you. Oh, right. And when it hits you, it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's awesome. That's amazing. It's awesome. So what would you tell somebody that's right behind you? That's somebody that's still feeling hopeless and in that place of darkness, you know, how, how would you help them get out of that? 
or well, show them the way? My first thing would be you're going through this for a reason. And one of the reasons is you spent your whole life running away from these things, this, this darkness that you're being faced with, this, these things about you, you know, whether it be, oh, anger, hatred, vengeance, whatever it is, it's, it's coming to you face to face because the only way we can release it is to deal is to be with it and and let it show you what it needs to show you and because your idea of it is way worse than what you're than what is actually going to happen and i'm not saying it's not dark and it doesn't hurt and it isn't painful but what it's trying to teach you is go into that pain go into that pain and breathe through it and, and, and let it talk to you. Um, because what you're going to realize is it's not you. It's only something you're experiencing. And, and I believe that's what we're here to do is we're here to experience being human, which means moving through these experiences and letting happen what happens. If you're going to cry, cry, if you're going to scream, scream, but don't get all caught up in it and move on because life is, like this and Wait, yeah yeah for sure i love how you, how you described that because it made it feel so beautiful because it's so authentic because it's exactly where you are and i believe that right now is the time where everyone needs to listen to these stories and move into that feeling of acceptance and you know really just brave the storm because that's where we're at right now and that's what I always say, man, just ride the storm out. It's, yeah. it's, it's not, it, it is not going to kill you. Okay. And really when you come out on the other side, no matter how painful it was, you're going to look at it and be like, thank God, thank God. I allowed myself to do this. And, uh, uh, I don't know when you, when you recognize that spiritual being that you are, it just it makes life a lot easier. I mean, not that you're not going to have chaos and trauma and trouble, and yeah. <laughs> you can ride through it a lot easier. You know, go with the current. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And roomy, and because they just, I don't, they hit right on it. Like, yeah. and, and that's one thing I would maybe do is direct people. I gave my Buddha Says book to my husband. I'm like, read this, because he said something about Buddha. I'm like, oh, there's an opening. Here, here, read <laughs> yeah I grabbed it back I'm like oh heck with you I'll just go ahead and read it a little bit I haven't seen it for a while so <laughs> well that is beautiful Lori I want to thank you so much for sharing your story and just helping everyone else that's listening to this podcast to really understand that they're not the only ones going through it well thank you Trisha for giving me the opportunity I I uh I am very grateful for it. Very, very grateful. So thank you so much. Good. Well, I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much. You have yourself a lovely day. You too, Trisha. Bye-bye. And there you have it. That was Lori's story. Her awakening journey was incredible, wasn't it? Now I'd like to bring you our next interview, which is Donna. So let's get right to it. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I'm here with Donna. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. 
Today, of course, we're going over uh, perspectives and stories of awakening. And so before I get into the actual awakening story, I know that everyone's definition of awakening is different. So mm -hmm. I would like to hear from you. What's your definition? Honestly, in the simplest terms I can put it is when you stop looking outward for things and it's you look more inward. So for me, it was knowing that what I had to provide people or I didn't need to go and, you know, date a certain guy to make me happy. I didn't have to go and look for the best career to say what makes me who I am. You hmm. know, I wasn't my credit report. I wasn't my bank account. Like there was something that flipped where it was like, as long as I have me to the core, I'm good. And that's probably the craziest probably that you'll probably get from <laughs> your people that you talk to but for me that was it when I was no longer out there it was all within me that's interesting yeah you really go within with that I, that's kind of where everything goes right we are told to go within but not we don't realize it but have we though hmm that's the good question that's that's the thing it's like how many times did we get trained well you got to get a degree to get that career you got to marry that person to get that. You got to get the family to have that. Right. Like there's all these things outside of you that, that was supposed to say that you were good. Like your or life. Happy, right? Yes. Right. That like said, your happiness comes from all these things, the house, the car, the RV and the driveway, the vacations that you took, right. you know, like that is what fulfills. And for me, awakening was that moment when I was like, I don't need any of that. Right. And I can be 100% happy all on that. Like just me, just me. I love me. that. That is yeah. beautiful. Thank you. So we'll get right into it. I want to know from you, what was that moment that made you feel awoken? What, what was it like for you? Um, honestly, there was a sense of fear. Like I was scared because I didn't understand because mm -hmm. I had been 43 years in this other world knowing there was something special about me, but not knowing what it was and just having an outlet somewhere else. But then that moment when I was like at my sickest, like the sickest I'd ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. And I had, I couldn't rely on anybody, but this new world, it was, it was on me. I had to survive. So it was like a fear based at first. And then it was like this moment of like, peace of like well this is way easier than any of the past 40 years I've been living like oh okay I have so it what's going on for you then you said you were sick and was yeah, this so. recently with COVID or no it was back um four years ago 2016 okay. I was put on medically for an entire year mm -hmm. because I what they called worked too much you know that word stress when they say really can kill you mm -hmm. that is the truth and um i lived it um it got to the point i was having daily panic attacks at work um i gained 50 pounds in five months and it wasn't until i gained the weight that i finally said there's something wrong with me right because you could see it again because again, I wasn't in this awakened state. I was in everything was external. So mm -hmm. it wasn't until there was an external impact on my body that I went, whoa. And then I started looking into it. And then I started like just 
my my whole body just was shutting down. So my doctor was my angel, and um, and it was really funny too. Is in the middle of this whole thing because I was still trying to work seventy to ninety, seventy-five to ninety-three hours a week. That was my man, like for three years straight. That was minimum seventy-five. 93 max and in a given week and so I was still trying to make it work because I worked in a job that helped people so that was the kind of like the the mixed message because I would go home and be like well I get to help people today so if I'm sacrificing for them then it's worth it which was the biggest lie um and so then, anywho, so my doctors, my entire insurance company, talk about now in an awakened state, like all these things happening for me, except I felt they were happening to me at the time, but now I see how much it was for me. Yeah. Um, an entire insurance company changed. This company is worldwide and they changed the entire health insurance company that we did because I had to and then pick all new doctors new team, endocrinologists, MEMDs, everything. The only thing I got to say the same was my naturopath because she wasn't a part of that. And it was the biggest blessing because this doctor came in, excuse me, and this doctor came in and literally he was like the straightest, he's so much like me, big heart, but straight as can be. And he said, you're going to have a heart attack, stroke, or get cancer if you don't already have it. Yeah. Please, you have got to let me put you on disability or you're going to have to find a different doctor because I don't kill my patients. Right. So that was kind of almost the wake of awakened moment. It's like that over. was the moment of reality of yeah. my life is about to change. It's very similar to what a lot of people are going through right now with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so it, I wasn't asking, and I was even really sick. I even feel I had COVID. I got tested, but it was so late by the time I got the test. Um, it was either the flu or COVID, one of them. They were, it was bad. But I was even sick when it all happened. I just launched my program and I still was like, okay, what's happening next? Like it was such a freedom <laughs> that I wish everyone just had. But it was like, all right, where's this gonna go now? <laughs> like yeah. so it's it's I'm grateful that it did happen four years ago. Um yeah. it's something that kind of almost forced you into it, right? Like it's it literally forced me into a new life. A yeah. 180 would be an understatement. Like I do not live the same life at all that I ever did four years ago. So that leads me to my next question is how different now is your life than it was before? Oh my, can we talk about my dating life? It's so much more. Your life, yeah, dating life, <laughs> just life in general too, right? No, honestly, okay, so to give you an example, I used to work 75 to 93 hours. I now work 20, if I work 30, I'm cranky um, hours per week. I work my life into, like I work my business into my life. Mm -hmm. So I have things that are important to me. They're the solid and I work my work in between those. And I, and I schedule things around what really supports my body. Like I never thought about what does my body need? What do I need first? Um, and so now I teach that to other women, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so I get to still help people, but I get to do it on my terms and what works for me in my life. So that's the first thing. That's probably the biggest change more than anything. Mm -hmm. The fact that I even asked my body and what I need <laughs> is the biggest, like, really big change for that but because I never asked myself that obviously you never communicated with never. your body before right I straight up ignored it girl like I 
I look back now and I'm like, wow, I was a jerk because I was so trained to be powerful in my mind. My body's screaming, you're not powerful though. You're dying. What are you doing? And I'm like, I got this. I'm empowered. You know, it was just so, and I hear people talk like that and I can see it in their face that they're lying. They're not even listening to their body. No. Now I, now I call people out on that because I have a story to share, like, because I was them. But it's, it's really funny that there's that. And then dating, I will say for all, my, all your single listeners out there, I used to be so wrapped up in if a guy liked me. And, and you see that all the time where, oh, yeah, well, I was trying to be the certain person for that person. I am so unapologetically me now. It's, I push them away because they can't handle me. And I don't mean that in a jerky way because I'm like, what? I'm really... They're like, you're too, you're up to some stuff. Like literally will tell me all they want to do is work, go to the gym and go home. They're mm-hmm. like, I think you'd be bored with me. And I'm like, but I want, I want that couch life. What are you talking about? And then I'm like, do I though? I don't know. Thank you for, you know. So really so- what it sounds like happened was that you really are now in tuned with what you, you, your body, your mind, everything needs, right? Yeah. And yeah. now, and I'm finally at the place too, where I can serve others inside of that. Cause I had to take a while to really just be all about me. And yeah. that's, I think too, people get, especially women get stopped with, and not that there's not men out there that don't either, but women get stopped with, we're such nurturers and lovers. Like we love on people, we nurture people. And if we're not loving on people, we aren't we're selfish or we can't take care. Like, Oh wait, no, I have to take care of my kids. And my family. Well, if you're not solid, you're not doing anything for your loved ones anyway. Like my biggest thing I teach people now is no one. And this is my biggest mantra. No one gets what's in my cup. They only get what's in the overflow. Yeah. Now, and that's a really good idea. I've never heard it like that before. I know I made it up on a, on a, on a, I was on a, I guess on a podcast once and it was like, just flew out. And I was like, Ooh, capture that. But, but (laughs) more and more I look at that. But the thing is, is we're also, we as women or men, again, it's not like whoever you are against like your people or with your people and not against them, but is it's still my responsibility that my cup is full though. Yeah. It is not the responsibility of my mate or my family to make me happy. So again, I go in. So if my cup is unfull, I might just have to have a dialogue and be like, okay, time out. I need to fill my cup. Mm-hmm. This is what we got to do. And then they end up like, I've even dated someone. He started asking me, what, is there anything you need right now? Cause he would like know when I start getting like a little like, oh, cause my, yeah. I'm still tra- retraining my brain not to do for others and work 75 to 93 hours. Like I still took me a while to like, calm down and not have to do so much. Well, you have to integrate it, right? It takes some yeah. time. Yeah. It's a whole different brain shift. And so like, he was really great. He would just ask me, is there anything you need right now? Cause I'd also, I was horrible at asking for what I needed. And but so he was echoing that internal voice of yours that you needed to hear and you forgot to keep asking yourself. Right. So he yeah. was rem- reminding you what you needed to ask. And I attracted that. And that's the other thing I got really into the law of attraction and all the different universal laws out there that are conspiring for me. So it was like, Ooh, thank you for meeting me someone that's just going to ask me. Cause I'm horrible at asking for what I needed. <laughs> a question. Did yeah. do you ever read any books that really made you awaken as well? 
Oh, my Lanta. What was one of the first books? That's my question. You know, basically I reread two books because I read these before, but they were like Chinese to me. And that was basic as all get out was The Secret. Okay. And E2 by Pam Bell. Because I did it. I don't, have you ever done that? Oh, the E2, E-square, whatever it's called. (laughs) E2, E-square. Um, because I remember reading and they, she gives these like experiments and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, so I'm gonna see a sun beige car, ha ha ha, you know, like whatever. And so this one I was like, okay. And, but what I did was I was like, well, I don't want a sun beige car. There's so many sun beige cars out there. I'm like, if this is really working, I want a fluorescent green car. What car do you have now? What's that? What car do you have now? If I still stick to the fluorescent green. That's my, that's my thing. I know I'm in alignment if I see fluorescent green cars. And I'll tell you, I was with a client um, working with, we had planned out all of 2020, all this kind of stuff. And it was, she was down in San Diego. I went from Vegas to San Diego. I did not see one fluorescent green car. Hmm. She ended up having absolutely no, I'm, I also consult people on how to have live, live events. I'm really good. Mm-hmm. I can like do live events in my, my sleep. Right. And so I was helping her do live events in her company. She had no guests. It was the simplest topic. And I was like, what is going on here? Nowhere in San Diego did I see fluorescent green cars. Hmm. I come back. We end up ceasing the relationship. But we're like, we're not going to do this. Like, yeah. it's not the way she wants to go. First, I'm devastated because that was a big chunk of my change. And I was like... And then all of a sudden I started seeing fluorescent green cars everywhere again, even when I was in Oklahoma. And I was wow. like, I'm in small town Oklahoma. There should be no fluorescent green cars here. <laughs> all right. All right. I got it. We're back in alignment. Woo! Okay. If I'm not seeing fluorescent green cars. So yeah. those are the things like, those are the two main books. And, but I've done everything. For, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Those are mm-hmm. my jam. Cause I like to just put them on and then like things will pop out. And yeah. that's a, I'm not a big reader, so I would just skim through and like look for something to pop out at me. So if anyone's listening and you're not a reader, just trust that your brain will pop out what you need to hear. And you may, I mean, I, there's times I just like, like open a book and, and I look like I just let my eyes scan and it pops out. Yeah. Cool. So how do you feel it um, now that you've gone through your awakening and um, now you have all this newfound knowledge, what are you doing with it now? You kind of talked about that a little bit already. Yeah. So I, so ironic. I started a self-love coaching business, which when I first started this whole journey, my doctor, my natural, everybody kept saying self-love. And I literally said, what the F is self-love? But I said the word, cause I was like a little frustrated. Cause I was like, what, what are you guys talking about? And, um, and then my naturopath, she goes, look, I just, inquire like keep asking yourself what is that to you and so for the first year on disability that's because I couldn't there wasn't no magic pill I refused to go on like Xanax and Prozac and like I had all the symptoms of everything that I should have been on so many medications um and I I just refused to and so like I was like all right well self-love I just have to stop doing stuff do things that make me happy which I didn't even know what those were anymore like talking about, like, start asking her the same question. What makes me happy? That was the craziest question ever. And, um, so that first whole year, I just went on this exploration of what it was for me. And so all I kept, I had these dreams, which I now know I'm clairvoyant. I see things in my dreams, which I did not know that. So really cool. uh, I'll go super woo on you, but 
that really tripped me out because I saw myself in a dream on stage at a self-love event. And not even a year later, I was an MC host with five other women for a women empowering women event all around self-love because of my story. And in the middle of that event, the moment of the dream happened and I went, whoa, I I still get goosebumps. (laughs) That is awesome. I stopped the event and went, okay, how many of you guys understand? Blah, 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 blah. And I talked about it and like half the room raised their hand, half the room. I'm like, well, I just had, you guys were literally just a dream come true in reality. This is, I don't even know what to do with this right now. And, And I still was not in this world of this was my business. And so because of that event though, I was like, there's still, we can't just like throw six hours of self-love and this topic at women and then not do anything with it long-term. Cause there was nothing out there that people were doing for this. So I just started throwing together monthly events. And so again, cause I could just throw an event together. I just had monthly self-love events in San Diego and the women loved them. The only problem I didn't like was I was a nomad at the time. Cause when I went on disability, I moved all my stuff into storage and I traveled. I have not had not paid rent since August of 2016 up until this last December of 2019. So three, almost three and a half years of no rent. And I, you know, I was just kind of, I felt tied down having to go back to San Diego. So I stopped doing it in physical space. I put it online, kind of sat on it, just didn't know what I was going to do with it yet. So, so this last December in 2019, I went fully live, started adding more women to my group. Just two days before the pandemic hit, I launched a self-love program. It was awesome. Pandemic hit. My heart said, offer it for free. So I was like, okay, I'm going to offer it for free. Now I have 35, no, 36, because I just got an alert, by the way. Um, 36 women that are taking the next three months on to learn learn all about their own self-love and take on their own awakening, which is really kind of cool to really cool. go yeah. through it all before so then I can then give it back. Jarek Robbins says something like, um, learn it, live it, give it. And I love that. So sometimes we have to learn something either by education or the hard way. We live it and then we give it because nothing yeah. happens that for it. Like what we all go through is something to give to others. Right. We always have something to offer. Right. Um, yeah. So that's what my biggest thing and just really supporting women. I have some one-on-one clients too that just, they need that, that talk every week. That was yeah. a little different than the therapist. I still am like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to like, yeah. you got some real stuff going on. You go see them. I'm just here to listen and guide you and just to keep bringing in that practice of putting yourself first. Um, love is your mantra now, right? It's, it's, it's my jam. It's my Good. jam. But it's more and more something I see in the world that's yeah, I, necessary. It's definitely necessary for sure. And, and I'm so happy that you are putting that out there because that's where I found you was your self-love group. And at the time when I saw your group, I was like, you know what? I need self-love right now. And I know that I've needed it for a long time. I just didn't give it to myself the way I needed it to. So I love that. I appreciate what you do. And I'm so happy that I did find you. And I'm so excited what you've been creating. Like I was, because I still remember with that first call, I was like, oh my God, like look at her go. I'm so, I'm like, it it is so funny because I never had children of my own. I ended up, because I got so sick, ended up having to have a partial hysterectomy. 
and get really complete with, I will not bear a child out of my body, but I am a mama in so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. And I, I, well, I try and say big sister, cause you know, I may be 46, almost 47, but you know, I try and be more of a big sister, but it's, it's like, I'm proud mama. I'm proud. I'm like, when I see people go from one place and then they're stepping into who they are and really loving on themselves and take, oh man, when they just even tag me, like, look, Donna, I'm doing this. Look, Donna, I'm, you know, I'm finally getting a pedicure. It's like (laughs) those little things, because I know for them, like for me, a pedicure is just, it's maintenance, but for a busy mom that never puts herself first, getting a pedicure, it makes me cry. Right. I'm like, yes. And I'm so sad that I can't have them right now. <laughs> That's the, me too. <laughs> oh dear, I have one last question for you. So what would you tell somebody who is right behind you? That's still in that dark place that feels that there's no hope that they're stuck in their life is never going to change. Oh, that's a juicy question. Right. Um, what would I tell them? One that you're not alone. Yeah. That was one of the first things I had to really realize was I had a lot of people around me, but I felt very alone. And I once, and that's the one constant, even when I'd go home after helping all these people, I remember feeling lonely. And now I can be physically like, I am so low in this quarantine, but I do not have this sense of being lonely. And it's, it's not in a detriment part. So that's probably the very first thing. Um, and then I'd back it up right away with it. Like you just got to start talking. Yeah. You do not need to be perfect. You just need to start talking, start letting what's in you out. So then you can start sorting. It's like sorting the thoughts and finding someone or a, a, a place. And that's, what I also try and provide my best for my peeps is this, like they can say what's in their head out and then we can start sorting what's useful and what's not. Right. Um, because a lot of the stuff you are thinking is useful. <laughs> That's really worth, but it's like, how do you learn what's the useful part and what's the not useful part? What's the part that's damaging? What's the part that's for you? Like, yeah. you know, sorting out those words. So I would just say you're not alone and just start talking and find well, someone that- else you. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for all of that. I know there's tons of loaded good stuff in all of what you said today. And I hope that whoever does listen to this podcast can take the juicy stuff out of it and run with it and maybe learn something that they can give up, they give love back to them, right? It's where it starts. You know, they always say that cliche, you can't love someone until you love yourself. Well, it's deeper than that. It's not even just a, oh, I love myself. There's just something deeper. And when you can really to the core be unapologetic about who you are and what you're up to and, and for yourself, not even about other people, but that, whoa, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing right now. And it could change too um, from time to time. But like, this is what I'm doing right now and I'm, I'm owning it. And, and owning who you are is freaking beautiful. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Donna, for your yeah. stories today. And uh yeah, I hope the best. I wish the best of luck to you. Girl, so I can't wait to hear all these recordings that you do with everybody. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. What an amazing story, Donna. Thank you so much. That was awesome. So now we're going to go and listen to our last interview of the series of today. And that is Julia's story. So let's find out what Julia's awakening story was like. 
Hello, everybody, and we are back with another interview. Today, I have with me Julia. Welcome, Julia. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear your story. Um, I know this whole series has been a combination of a whole bunch of different stories and different uh, different things that happen to different people. So before we get into the actual story, I really love hearing everyone's definition of awakening. So I want to hear from you. What's your definition? Thank you. Oh, that's such a deep question because I feel like it's so different for everyone. Um, honestly, I think there's different points of an awakening journey, um, different starting points and little things that kind of how that comes up is so different for everybody where I look back at my journey to define awakening and there's just kind of been different little aligned pieces along the, along the way, like spiritually aligned, intuitively aligned, like really interconnected pieces that like have kind of shown up really in a lot of different synchronicities and in a lot of different symbolic aspects that I would never have considered to have been the start of my awakening, but they were just slowly, slowly, slowly little pieces thrown in there that like starting to, I don't know, enjoy spirituality and talk about spirituality and open up about that stuff leading into like my a massive spiritual awakening could be like developing spiritual abilities, spiritual gifts, like those pieces coming in really quickly, like psychic abilities, mediumship abilities, like channeling abilities, like spirit guide connection, energetic interconnection, and those pieces. Um, that can be part of a spiritual awakening too, is you can get all that happening. And it's very interesting too, because I see spiritual awakenings as they often come from like the start like a dark night of the soul so like when i talk about dark night of the soul i mean a lot of like maybe it's a hard spot like a stuck spot like this mountain you're trying to climb over top of or this hole this dark hole that you're trying to dig out and you don't know why you're so depressed so upset so exhausted and emotionally drained and it's like there's so much shadow work coming up for you and you're not sure why and you just feel so stuck in this place and then it's like, I see spiritual awakening to define that as all of a sudden, suddenly this light bulb goes off and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the answer I've always been needing. This is like the alignment I've always been searching for. And then slowly all these abilities and gifts and things start to go through. And when I work with my audience on understanding spiritual awakenings, one of the very first things we talk about defining a spiritual awakening is opening up empathic abilities and empathic gifts and feeling emotions and feeling different people's emotions and feelings and having that go going through that yeah. not realizing that that's part of awakening as well like that's just one aspect of the gifts that you're going to soon explode into and open up so yeah it's such a huge so for you yeah, for you, it sounds like it's a really a profound spiritual waking where your gifts are the ones that really made you awaken. That's what you yeah. realized. Definitely, for yeah. sure. Like, I know there's different times throughout my life where I've had these very 
crazy out-of-body experiences for sure. And those pieces were part of it as well. But I would say like the gist of it was really when all of that stuff. And I think for me, mine was rather unique with how everything channeled in so quickly and how I went from this deep, 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 dark place to all of a sudden, like, creating, like, and channeling and having these mediumship abilities and psychic abilities forming up and not really knowing what was the heck was going on. And so that was kind of that profound awakening piece for me. That is super cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of leads me to the next question is, you know, what was that moment for you? What was going on in your life? What was happening at that time? And, you know, can you share a little bit about that? I think to even explain things a little bit more, going back into what was happening around that time and leading up, I think would make more sense. So in 2015, I had a near-death car accident that I was in where my car flipped over the highway four times in the air. I landed on the other side, the opposite side of the highway. It was a freak accident. I passed oh, and in those moments after I died and then I woke up with my car literally on its side like that. My arm, like my left arm impacting the whole entire holding my body seat. And like my front window smashed. Like I had so much stuff in my car because I was moving home from like finishing up university and moving home. So I was actually driving four hours to go home. And this is kind of when this accident happened. So I had so many projectiles in my car that should have probably injured me somehow. And people like looked in my car and thought there's no way she could have survived that. Like she was probably dead. Like, and the first responder to my scene, this gets even weirder, was an off-duty paramedic. And he saw my accident. He was driving back to where he was living and he saw the accident and he was the first responder to my scene so what are the chances that an off-duty paramedic is the first responder to my scene then with and he saw the whole accident happen and there's an explanation for this as well of why he was there and how he was there and how that happened so intuitively aligned but that was kind of the big start and that jump start of leading into my main awakening of this bizarre accident happened and it left me to question a lot about my life a lot about I what was going on in my life and I didn't even realize for a long time that what happened when I blacked out too and what happened in those profound moments as my car flipped Mm-hmm. and not feeling an impact and I had walked away from the accident that night so so many synchronicities were yeah like there are so many synchronicities where I ended up going to the same hospital the exact same day where my friend was in that hospital having brain surgery oh my gosh <laughs> I literally remember calling her on the phone and I'm like are you in this hospital I'm coming to this hospital like that was profound that we were both in the same hospital at the same time and then I walked away that night 
with a dislocated and fractured finger. That's it? That's Four times it. You flipped and you got a finger. <laughs> you have eagles watching over you, my dear. Definitely. Yeah, it was broken. That is proof, right? Is, yeah. It was broken and dislocated in the same spot. Like, dislocated and fractured in the same spot. So that's like, yeah. And this is kind of where, as I explored that more, mm -hmm. like learning about angels and learning about like how that happened, which kind of led me into the next part of the awakening was my grandmother passing away in 2016. So I had a car accident in 2015 mm -hmm. and my grandmother passed away in 2016. And she was like the only grandparent I was really close to and knew and had a connection with and so as she was passing away and as she took the last few deaths I remember leaving my body going out of the room and her appearing to me as a child and I remember asking her who she was and she told me her name was Ruby and she kind of did a little laugh she was about six years old we were just kind of in this magical place and then she kind of laughed and walked into the light. I literally saw her cross over and that was my first out of body, like, wow. was so humbling. How beautiful yeah. is that? That is this, such a beautiful gift. So really what I'm hearing is that, you know, it wasn't just one thing. It was kind of like a multitude of things that yeah. just really shook you to the core to yeah, give yeah. you this realization that there's so much more out there than just your physical body and physical surroundings, right? Yeah, yeah. And that kind of led into my massive awakening. So those two things weren't big enough. Mm -hmm. Like two years later in 2018, I kept having these strange dreams and these strange like voices in my head to kind of tell me to write. And I started to like intuitively channel in my guides. Mm -hmm. and have these crazy like nudges to like message people so one was like a nudge to um message my brother and I'm not that close to my family so I messaged my brother and I said I'm just being told to tell you this and I don't know why I'm telling you this mm -hmm. and then he said oh did you know that um dad's drinking again my dad's an alcoholic and he okay. struggles with alcoholism and so I'm like oh and then that kind of brought that forward so that was very interesting mm -hmm. how that one led to that or yeah just different things that kind of happened over time where I started to meditate and have these very weird like experiences where I started to see like visions of my future and visions of like what I was going to do in my past lives and how they kind of all combined into like this live and then I started to read and practice readings and medium readings and intuitive readings and I reached out to intuitive development teachers and healers and people and took workshops and different things to help manage that all and they all came really quickly in a matter of a few months like I was doing these profound like medium readings and a fun fact about that too is I there was a teacher throughout that awakening and I had a trouble, like so many people, like dead people were coming to me all at once that I had trouble aligning them. And so she said, you need to figure out how to align them. So one night, like 
my cat was just crying on top of her cat tree at like some sort of shadow thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's something deeper there. So then I started to focus on that. I'm like, yeah, there is something deeper there. And that helped me to like how to align like right. the messages and the people that were coming to me is through the energy and the light of the shadows in the room. So becoming curious of it. Yeah. And listening and watching my cat kind of interact. Yeah. It's and I'm like, well, animals can definitely sense things that we can't, right? Because they are yeah. plain. Yeah. So that's kind of a bit about how that kind of all like up found it into that awakening. That was kind of like this huge, like profound, life changing. You had a crazy, a wild ride for sure that brought you all the way here. So now, what are you doing with this knowledge? So you said you're doing readings, and you know, how do you find that that's serving the community that you serve? Yeah. yeah. So right now, so things over time. So two years ago was when I started doing like mediumship, psychic, intuitive readings. I also have a background in like social work. And um, so during that time, I was working in um, child welfare and social work and working with families and children and trauma. And it was really intense um, to have that happening and then being in an emotionally heavy job and then doing like corresponding with my own emotional healing from my past trauma as well. So I was going through a lot. No um, but as I was doing these intuitive readings and these intuitive, like people, would, I would bring, bring people across and they'd be more like an emotional healing reading where they bring up a past trauma or a past event and apologize and say they're sorry for it and talk about, talk it out with like the client I was doing the reading it for. And my clients would have these profound aha moments where they would just break down crying. And believed really. Yeah. yeah. And recognizing that, okay, I can move forward from this and that that's not holding me on. But the readings got so deep that I was worried about, with my therapeutic background, worried about there not being follow-up. Yeah. So I started to figure out if there was a way to combine the two. Of so, course Yeah. But so many people told me no. Because well, my world is so, was like strictly... Either one or the other, right? Not a lot of people yeah, yeah. understand that there's duality with everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, but there is, and it is because that's exactly what I do now. Like I do, um, like energetic mindset work and intuitive healing, and I combine the two. So I use my therapeutic skills. Like I don't really necessarily have a coaching background skill set, but I have a therapeutic, which is similar questions and different things. And yeah, that is and that's kind of what I do is I combine the two, and I get amazing results. And that's kind of what people are getting is that the traditional way of healing is not necessarily beneficial for them. And this way of healing is so profound that they like it's life changing. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my yeah. awakening and my gifts now. Yeah, that is so beautiful. I love hearing the, the other side of it because 
a lot of the times we, we see there's mediums, there's card readers, but we don't know how they got there. You know, what brought them to this place, right? Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm doing these interviews because we can see the background. Like you're just a normal person. It's not like you were born into it. It, it just was given to you at the time when you needed it, right? Oh, yeah. So now that leads me to my last question is, what would you tell somebody that's right behind you, that's in that dark place, that just feels stuck? What would you tell them so that they can move forward from it? I would really say to not give up. Like, honestly, like to, I know there's so many times for me where I've been in those dark places and they'll come up again at different times throughout our lives. There's always healing. There's always work to be done. And if I did not combine my own healing from my own past trauma, my own past experiences, I would not have undercovered the amount of trauma I actually went through mm -hmm. if I didn't combine it with an, an intuitive approach and actually learn and heal and move through it. And so it's recognizing the difference between what is really trauma versus what is the spiritual awakening. And I think those two things are very different. And sometimes they can play off each other, especially if you're going through a deep, dark place and in a hole and over the mountain and trying to climb over it. And if you can separate those two mm -hmm. and work through that and learn the proper skills and techniques to work through that, to separate the two of them, that awakening piece will kind of work itself out over time and then the healing piece will work itself out over time and it will just start to kind of become lighter again yeah well that's good see and that's beautiful because it really gives us hope that no matter what you go through a traumatic experience like yours like in a car accident and dying and coming back you know that you can really go to all all depths and then still make it back because as humans, we have this ability to make it through no matter what, right? Which is, your story shows that and sings it. Mm -hmm. That's and it's that we do. And that our, like, the trauma of what we kind of went through as we were younger and in our lives, like, we have the decisions as well, whether we want to end that cycle. and. That's let right. it go or carry it forward yeah and that's like really up to you but like the car accident wasn't like the gist of my trauma like i was sexually abused as a child i have a okay. huge like story about suicide sexual abuse ptsd borderline mm -hmm. personality all that nine yards that i healed intuitively worked through and now i'm where i'm at today and Wow, you have come leaps and bounds, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing at least a little part of your story with us. And maybe I'll have to come back on and to explain the rest of it. So then maybe some of the listeners can connect with that as well. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for showing up and sharing your story with us. And if there's anything else that you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much for having me. I love your energy. I love that we met. I can't wait to follow you more on your journey. And I love that you're giving out this message. It's such a profound message to help people through like what the times that they're going through. And 
yeah, just don't give up. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you, um, there is light. And if you ever need anything, I'm sure like Trisha will be there to support you, reach out, get help, ask for help. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, Julie, you have yourself a lovely day. Okay, thank you. Take care. And there we have it. There was our three awakening stories of this week. Series one complete. (laughs) Well, I hope that you have connected with these stories in some way. And I know for myself, I've seen myself in their stories as well. And I've related so much of what they went through to what I went through. And I hope that's what you get from this episode here today. So next week, we're going to be back again with one last combination of awakening stories. And um, I'm excited to see where that takes us. So I will see you again next week. Much love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can learn more about me and what I do by visiting my website at www.innerbuddha.ca. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at innerbuddhazen. I would love for you to leave any feedback you may have and feel free to leave a comment and review on this episode. So go ahead, don't be shy. Again, thank you so much for listening. Much love.